welcome to the Healthy Scratchers podcast with your hosts, Justin Armberg, Jackson Kerbel, Alex Mandarino, and Eric Cruikshank. In today's episode, we are going to be introducing ourselves and going over some of the biggest topics in sports, including the All-Star Weekend from the NHL, some big trades that went down over the weekend, um, the upcoming Super Bowl 58, the FIFA World Cup schedule, breaking that down, as well as some Super Bowl bets um, that we will be touching on a little bit later in the episode. But first of all, uh, let's introduce ourselves a little bit. So why don't we start off with uh, Alex? Coming over here. Yeah, so uh, Alex, I'm a massive sports fan, as I'm sure all of us are here. Uh, hockey's kind of the biggest bag, but that being said, love to mix it up with some of the more uh, for professional sports in North America. A um, little bit older member of the podcast, so we'll have to keep all the boys in check, but we'll have a good time either way. So I'll pass it over to uh, Jackson. All right. Well, I didn't know we we're talking about bag talk already. Uh-oh. I guess if we are, my biggest bag is baseball. There you go. Um, I still have a, a good sense of the major four in North America. Uh, growing a soccer. Welcome to Wrexham is helping me with that, the documentary. Um, but yeah, big Jays guy, raps guy, go sends go, sadly, and uh, Patriots. Oh, yeah, that is rough. But I'm also a Patriots fan. Anyway, it's uh, Justin Ehrenberg, and I'm the only East Coast boy on this podcast. Uh, I made the move from the East Coast to Toronto about a month ago, or mo- just over a month ago, and joining the Centennial College Sports Journalism Program, which we are all in. Um, and just like the rest of the guys, like I'm a big fan advocate, but also want to become more than just a fan. So... I also have a passion for all four of the big four, um, but also getting into more of like golf, F1, all the niche sports that really aren't talked about that we might and hopefully will discuss here on this podcast. But first, let's go to NHL All-Star Weekend. Oh, Listen, my, bad, my, bad, my, bad, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. All right. My bad. Uh, we forgot someone here. It's me, Eric Crookshank, um, Centennial College Sports Journalism student, RTA Sport Media graduate. Not a big deal. Um, yeah, just like most of the other guys, big fan of the big four sports. Uh, hockey is my main sport for sure. Uh, Jackson, you mentioned Welcome to Wrexham. I would say that Full Swing has definitely helped me get into true, golf true, a true, lot true. as well over the past uh, year or so. So I'm, I've started to follow the PGA a little bit more. It's kind of hard to follow LIV. I don't know about you guys or live. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It sucks. Um, I don't. I don't really know where you even watch it. Is it YouTube? I think it's the CW channel. It is the CW yeah. channel. So that's. It's is not that exactly. Free? It's not exactly the most accessible. No. Um, no. I don't know that. Okay. Product yeah, to get into. So let's get into our topics for today. Obviously, All Star Weekend. All of us being from Toronto, or not from Toronto, in Toronto, I should say. Uh, it was the biggest event in the city probably over the weekend. So let's go over some of the uh, biggest stories. Should they just host the NHL All-Star Game in Toronto every year? That's the, the first thing one. I want to start off with. That's a real good one. Oh, I mean, Justin, you actually went to the Thursday night activities, right? Yeah, I did. Uh, you know, honestly, we were a little bit late getting there. Uh, the way I read it online was the draft was going to be at 7 o'clock on Sportsnet, not 6 p.m. Uh, so... That was kind of a shock. Uh, I was at the Moose just down the street uh, with a bunch of our classmates. Had to run to the Scotiabank Center, get into our seats, got into the draft. Uh, I think it was like the fourth round or third round. So we missed like the first overall pick. All by, the good guys, uh, damn, bro. <laughs> yeah, Nikita Kucherov. Uh, but 
overall, that night was fun. Uh, I thought they did a good job of making it entertaining throughout. Um, the three-on-three showcase was incredible, I thought. It really, mm-hmm. just like 16,000 fans in that building. Uh, really, no one left after the draft. Everyone really wanted to see this three-on-three, and it lived up to it. It was fun. It was entertaining. It was fast-paced. It had everything. Just to circle back to Kutrov there, that was Quinn Hughes' pick, right? The first yeah, pick? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is first it a little strange he didn't pick a teammate, a Vancouver Canuck? I don't know. Uh, to... I think you're, I thought you're... that as well when I first heard that. Yeah. And, like well, JT Miller was on the board, Brock first, Besser. When like, you're first overall, you kind of have to take the best overall player. When there is money on the line as well, I feel like that yeah. also. I that is a good point. If Matthews had the first pick, he wouldn't have gone off the board he would have picked a teammate of his i, I that's think for, that's a, yeah. i think that's true but i also you gotta remember like sid or uh nate told the other two teams you're not picking sid like, so i actually saying, didn't know that okay yeah there's probably a bit of that amongst everyone i would assume so i think their first pick was kind of already predetermined. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, i think like it was know, cooch flip, one flip-flop between nylander and marner because yeah. like you don't know if like any of the guys are going to take Marno or Le- Nylander. Um, luckily for Matthews, that didn't occur to them, and they were able to get those two. McD- McDavid picked Hellebuck with his first one? No. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah he did. Oh, my yep. goodness. Okay. Goalie off the board first. Yeah, you know what? He he wanted a good goalie. Uh, he also got Sam Bobrovsky. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, audio bit to uh, McDavid saying Sam Reinhardt's teammate. Uh, Sam Bobrovsky, it's obviously Sergey Bobrovsky, but uh, overall the draft experience was pretty fun. Um, the Orcs ran last. Well, so they actually I, did something yeah, interesting. They, they, did, they didn't really allow for that to be the yeah. last. They, they, not, they not gave the, the Phil Castle It was thing, the like. final four. So it was Bjorkstrand, Vetrano, uh, Trocek, and Hurdle. Uh, San Jose Sharks guy. It's, it hurts to see that. I understand why. But yeah, they kind of left it to interpretation in the sense that they all kind of just picked a team and then they revealed which team they were on so yeah. it wasn't a selection which i understand but uh so they don't want I the don't guy know. going last anymore i don't know I, I don't know so no free car like well, phil castle yeah so exactly moving past thursday night friday night and saturday night what was your guys' thoughts and obviously the big thought is uh nikita kucherov there not trying whatsoever yeah. yeah i'll i'll start us off here i i have a very strong opinion on this if you don't want to be there you don't need to be there um people are voting you in to play in the all-star game. I understand it may uh, have conflicts with some of your personal plans. Um, like notably Sidney Crosby wasn't there for the draft, which is something that I feel like people aren't really talking about as much with Kucherov having been so noticeably out of it and not interested. I, yeah, it was, it was pretty, um, well, and also pretty like, tough to see. I get going to the all-star game. Like, you know, maybe he did want to play in the All-Star game. It wasn't really clear. I didn't really see if he was trying or not. I wasn't really paying attention to him. Uh, but he also would have put his name in for these 12 players. From my understanding, I could be wrong. Even if they asked him, you figured you have the chance like, then yeah, and there you, to decide whether it's something no, you're interested like, in. Yeah. You, like, these 12 players, like, they could have picked another one of the, what, 35 guys that they added there? Mm-hmm. Or... Uh, 32 sorry so like why why just not try like 
did he not try in the first event and then just after like i really thought the the first event where i was like okay this guy's not trying was the passing one where he just blatantly did not slow down yeah he had a yeah. big night at paris texas the night before apparently I think. they may have been out there but I wouldn't count him out of it honestly. look <laughs> it's, I, wouldn't be that surprised. I think the biggest notable like uh, you know omission obviously in case of injury you would have loved to see a guy like jack hughes being that the guy's mm-hmm. got an incredible just like following yeah. and background and he's an incredibly talented young kid in the game uh, obviously wasn't able to participate because of injury but you know, that would have been a perfect slotting in for a guy like Kucherov instead, who obviously is going to care, is going to kind of build a brand and is going to entertain the fans. I don't know if we would have pushed for McDavid's victory. The guy obviously lit the lamp with the three victories. But four. Four, even better. So incredible yeah. times. Bedard as well. You, you talk about a younger guy probably wanting to establish a brand. Um, obviously, he doesn't really need the help of the All-Star game, yeah. but this would be a really special um, time for him to kind of be on this stage, especially with the announcement of the uh best on best tournaments that are going to be coming in the near future we have 2025 there's going to be a a new event that will replace the all-star game as well as nhl um and the iihf coming to an agreement for nhl players to be at the 2026 and 2030 olympics justin how do you uh how do you feel about this it's great to have the nhl back at the olympics i personally uh the whole time um my biggest critique against Gary Bettman was the lack of international play that we've seen in the last 10 years. Uh, other than that, I don't think he's done a terrible job as the commissioner. I think he's honestly been pretty good. Uh, so to see what the fans really want, and this was what the fans really wanted, was best on best. Uh, I can't see why anyone would be upset uh, with the All-Star game being away for at least two years. We'll see if that trend of like the Four Nations tournament or playoff tournament continues or expands in 2027 and then 2028 all the way through to 2020 or 2030 sorry but these first two events uh first starting with the four nations it's going to be electrifying um something that we haven't seen since 2014 in sochi so I'm very, very excited, and I do have a big bet on uh, the way with Ryan Whitney for this. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta quickly tell yeah, that story. Okay, so uh, we're at King Taps Friday night, and uh, we went to the meet and greet. Uh, when I say we, I mean me um, and two of my classmates, Dave and Christian. Uh, it was chaos in there. Uh, first time in King Taps, first month in Toronto, kind of overwhelming a little bit. The overall environment was great. Uh, it felt like a nightclub, though, instead of like a bar, because like everyone was just drowning, like walking everywhere. No one would sit at their tables. Because uh, I asked one of the waitress first when we got there, like, is this like a they walk around your table and then just like introduce themselves? Like, how's this going to work? And she's like, that's how it's supposed to work. But no one did that. Everyone got up from their tables and just walked to them. Uh so it was able to meet like Mike Grinelli and uh Arm Dog didn't get to see Biz. Uh, Biz wasn't there? No, we did. Well, we got to shake uh Biz's hand. Uh well, I did. And didn't get a picture with him unfortunately. But did talk to Ryan Whitney. Immediately said uh cuz I know a couple of guys who referenced a couple podcasts ago from Anaganish. Uh, that were not happy with his comments about 
the American team being better than the Canadian team and that they would win. Uh, so basically, I just said $1,000 for <laughs> Canada winning gold. Uh, and immediately the hand was put out. And I, without remorse, shook it. Uh, without remorse. Yeah. Daddy Warbucks. And this was something that I I had mentioned briefly and uh when we when you first told all of us this. I I respect the fact that you're, you know, repping Canada and you're you're putting the the money on the line. I would not do that at all. Like have you seen their goaltenders? I've seen the goaltenders. Team USA is a force. Listen. Oh, goaltender upwards. It's it's unbelievable. Are are we not believing in Team Canada to get it done in the twenty twenty six Olympics? We are, but a thousand dollars. I'm definitely not putting a thousand dollars. Just to just to clarify, it's if I if I if Canada wins gold, I get a thousand dollars from Ryan Whitney. And if the U.S. wins gold. I owe him a thousand dollars. Now, if any other nation wins in this tournament, the bet's off. That was my understanding. I can we. I'll start DMing him here soon. Uh, he followed you back, so yeah. No. Listen, he might give you the blue light special and just say, "Listen, you're fine. Just give me five hundred bucks." No, no, no. I, I you're gonna, be, if, you're gonna if man that, up. If that, if the U.S. wins, then I'll man up and I'll actually pay the thousand dollars. I mean. If Come he on. offers you an out, take the out. No, yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I'm a man of my word. He's not exactly it's starving it's for right. cash. It's yeah, right. yeah. Well, not exactly a student like we I are. really yeah. think of two years from now, if I don't have a thousand dollars, then that's the bigger issue. <laughs> so, all right, Fair point. Let's uh, move on here to some uh, quick NHL news: uh, the Elias Lindholm trade. Um, Elias Lindholm going to the Vancouver Canucks. The big piece going back to Calgary, of course. Um, Andre Kuzmenko. Now, I want to get everyone's Kuz. quick little opinion on this um, because we got to move on to some other topics. But my main uh, thoughts here for Calgary, um, I it's clear that they wanted prospects and they didn't want picks. They want to build a, a, a prospect pool. They don't really have a strong one outside of their goaltending. Um, in terms of Kuzmenko, obviously he's a bit of a fraud. He's uh oh, a hundred percent. He's a fraud. What? Fraud. Yeah. fraud. I was about to say he was nearly what a point per game player last year. Forty last yeah, year. Yeah, Thirty nine goals last yeah. year at the, the, okay. He led the league with a twenty seven percent shooting percentage. Simon um, he took a hundred and four to three <laughs> shots on goal. 40, how many shots? Yeah, he's a sniper. He's a precise sniper, bro. Okay, how listen, many? Listen, listen. One hundred and forty three shots and yes. thirty nine goals. That's yeah. pretty okay. insane. Yeah, that's that's forty players. That. Scored between 30 to 40 goals last season. And Kuzmenko took less shots than every single one of them. He knows where to put the puck. What can I say? It's okay. got to regress to the um, mean at some point. Come on now. Anyways, for Vancouver, I think uh, he gives them like a much-needed middle six boost. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you can't really have the top six, like the secondary scoring being like Ilya Mikheyev and Pius Suter. Um, you need somebody a little bit more reliable. And he's a guy who scored 40 before. He's had 50 assists before. He's contributed in the playoffs with Calgary. And regardless of what happens with Vancouver, I think uh, Patrick Alvin and the Canucks kind of deserve a lot of credit uh, just from the fact that they're buying in really heavily on this roster and they're not afraid at all where um, in a cap era, a lot of teams are weary of giving up roster pieces like a Kuzmenko. Um, and they're just all in on this team. I, I got to like it. 
Yeah, look, I, I'm just looking up kind of the projected lineups. He's, he's slotted on the right wing between uh, on the side of Pedersen and uh, Makayev, which yeah. I think that fits perfectly, right? You yeah. want to keep that uh, that first line going with Besser, Miller, and um, and Suter. Uh, and this is J- Jim Rutherford's bag, right? He, he's used to doing this way before the trade deadline. He kind of sets the market early on, and you're going to do what you need to do. They made that trade earlier for uh, in the season was a door off. They obviously have the conversation. Yeah, and then um, wanna, sorry, but uh, get in there. Want to trade him or possibly trade him again? Like, kind of weird. It was for Cap- yeah. Cap- no, 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 no. I'm just saying that no, no, there's no, the no, history there. there. Yeah, you know, but like, there's been rumors that came out. I honestly can forget. I can't remember who uh, put it out there, but they're looking to trade Zadorov again because of uh, cap relief. Right. Interesting. No, I mean, I think it's all bets on the table when it comes to obviously putting your chips in uh, for the season, and obviously Jim Rutherford and and the team Patrick Elvin, they're they're doing that this year. Um, it seems like they might be done. You know, for the Calgary side, you have Kuzmenko, who's going to be under a new coach in Ryan Huska, and obviously he's not going to be on a leash like he was with Talkit. Um, not to say that he's a fraud. I understand the statement on that perspective, but you give him an opportunity. And what else is there to say? You kind of uh, didn't leave too much meat on the bones with that, Eric. You broke it down pretty well. Um, I think it gives a lot of option for Calgary moving forward. Now, I heard from Frank Saravelli. He seems to think that this doesn't really knock Calgary out of the playoff picture. I tend to disagree. What do I know? I think they're in a wild card spot as we speak. Um, so they're kind of hanging in, but or they might be right out of the playoffs. But I don't know if this kind of leaves them an opportunity moving the forward. The thing, the thing that the Flames have going for them is that the Kings have dropped off so hard. Yeah, right. A tough so the of Pacific weeks. Division, the the final two spots are going to be wide open towards the end of the season. Um, I, for me, like I think that like. You got to get him signed. Like if you're Vancouver, I know you got to sign Patterson as well, but that's a big haul. And I I get going all in. I I 100% agree with the move. Uh, don't get me wrong. I just think they got to get at least a four year deal with him, if not more. Um, at it's probably gonna be around nine, nine and a half, maybe if you're lucky, eight and a half. But I don't think. If you if you look at this as a rental from Vancouver, I don't think this was the best move in the world, um, because of how much talent you're giving up on the back end of that deal. You don't think he'd take a bit of a pay cut being with the stars around him like Patterson and the JT Millers? You know, I, re- I really don't think that's not really the way he, he kind of was no. on a he was kind of on like a low end deal for yeah. the last couple of years here. Also, like what. What talent are you referring to that they they gave up? You mean the prospects? Yeah, like you you gave up what a one NHL player and four prospects basically with two picks and uh, the two prospects were two, not. It's the two picks I think are more no, valuable than the prospects. That, uh, I don't think they were very Hunter. Uh, I really don't want to butcher. I was wondering who was going to try and try and sneak that name in uh, first. Hunter good, good for you, Hunter. Uh, Brustowitz. Brustowitz. There you go. Brustowitz. Let's just go with that. Nice. Uh, Sorry if we're butchering that, if you uh, ever listen to this podcast episode. But he looks like a very good prospect. And for them to give him up, plus a first and a fourth rounder and Kuzmenko, who I get, we are going to say, like, you know, 
tossing Eric's, the fraud word around. Yeah, like nothing. To fraud. Uh, but he did score 39 goals in the NHL, which is a credit to him. And he has eight this year. He's on pace for 40 points, and he had 74. Uh, I mean, Calgary, might, Calgary too. Watch. I mean, Calgary, obviously a couple deep prospects. They got to have a conversation with Hannafin and see if he's coming back. Yeah, like yeah, this this so, opens up the door for a fire sale in Calgary. Rasmus Anderson as well. They're in 12th, uh, by the way. 12th, I think, I think the, biggest, the biggest yeah. one is Chris Tanoff, which is <laughs> what we all expected. Um, I saw some rumors about him being a part of that deal or being a separate deal going back to Vancouver, but that did not develop as of yet. Uh, it will be interesting to see if that does develop, though. See him back with uh, Quinn, Quinn Hughes on that line. That was one of the best DPRs when they played together. I just uh, I can't get over it, like, how much a year has done for the Canucks. Like, if it felt like towards the end of last year, there was no direction. Like, yeah. what do you do? You have all these mm-hmm. good 100%. players mm-hmm. on paper that uh, just – you gotta you got to think that – at some point, they're gonna break out, but they they were just. Let's be honest. Uh, like last year, like what did you have to convince Elias Pettersson to stay? Like, because that was the big co- topic. Also, like you got to sign Eli- Elias Pettersson. Like, when, when did Rick Talker get hired? I think it was halfway middle, through last year yeah, when they, they last uh, year. They I'm, I'm gonna intro. go on a limb and say he was he's oh, a pretty large part a doubt. of their. their yeah, absolutely. Yeah, season. like yeah, yeah. but. At the same time, like going into this year, like if the Canucks were not good, Elias Pettersson might not have wanted to resign in that market. Demko being healthy as well as Demko, huge. yeah, Demko and bouncing it. back, yeah. Uh, Philip, uh, what, Heronic? How do you pronounce that? Heronic. Yeah, yeah he's, that's a great that, addition, yeah. too, that you don't Heronic. really think of. And that was like a, a deal that I feel like a lot of people didn't really yeah. care about. No, it was under the last radar. Year. Him um, and Quinn Hughes, I think they're the, they're the highest plus minus guys in the whole yeah. league, those two guys. It's crazy. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, the biggest event of the weekend coming up Super Bowl 58 in Paradise, Nevada. Apparently. Yeah. Paradise, Nevada. Yeah. Not Paradise, Las Vegas. It's mixed reviews. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is uh, uh, the fourth Super Bowl appearance for Patrick Mahomes, who is chasing his third Lombardi trophy. Chasing the goat, goat as in well. In six seasons. Groat? Groat. I, I meant to say goat, yeah. but I said groat. In his That's sixth good. season as a starting quarterback in the NFL uh, for the 49ers, Brock Purdy has the opportunity to make history of his own, going from Mr. Irrelevant as the last pick in the 2022 draft to a second consecutive uh, NFC Championship appearance, this time winning. Going to the Super Bowl for the last first time one. in his career. Yeah, last one got hurt as well. So, yeah, to credit to him, he didn't really cause the loss in that one as well. Yeah, uh, a lot of storylines to look at here. The one thing that I am uh, a little worried about if the Niners win is that uh, doubters will still kind of credit the success of this team and of Purdy to Kyle Shanahan mm-hmm. and just kind of the system that they have along with the stacked roster, which is undoubtedly – on paper, the best roster in the yeah. NFL. Um, and it's true to an extent, but I still think Purdy deserves a, d- a ton of credit. I think – so he's – is he a free agent after this year? People are saying he's going to get, like, Jordan Love money, which I don't know if I totally agree with, but especially with the cap space that the 49ers have, it's not – If you put Brock Purdy on Green Bay, I don't know if he's doing what Jordan Love yeah. does on Green and Bay. And that's, that's the biggest argument that most people have, yeah. Yeah. So Mahomes, 
Six-year starter. I think it's, what, six AFC Championship six games? Six in a row. Yeah. Every season he's been a starter, he's gone to the AFC Championship game. That's insane. <laughs> he's only lost to Tom and I think, what, Joe Burrow one year? Yeah, he lost yeah. to Joe Burrow back in 2021. Yeah, that's insane. And Tom in 2019. That trajectory is is pretty, yeah, awesome for him. Um, I like the Chiefs in the game. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. I, I am also going Chiefs here. They've been doubted all year. Last year, you obviously heard Travis Kelsey when they took the victory. Uh, you know, No one believed in us, which I think was a stretch. Everyone had the Chiefs on their board in some capacity. This year, I do think there's merit to the sense that you know, they're not underdogs by any stretch going into the playoffs, but everyone was looking at the big dogs like the, the Ravens and obviously your 49ers. But... And here we see him, you know, here we see. The, they are uh, the technically so, uh, just No, 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 no. Just More just fact. in the general sense oh, of, just okay. you know, in fact the playoff. Check you, uh, Brock Purdy is underneath contract until 2026. So, oh, what? Yet. So he still has his entry level till then? Yes. But most guys restructure that where they get paid earlier. Yeah, he'll, he'll, get, he'll get a contract probably either this year or next Maybe year. Maybe next offseason, yeah. Um, so if the Chiefs win this game, is this the most impressive win of Patrick Mahomes' career? Hard to say no with this receiving core. Mm-hmm. I think Kadarius Tony is being activated off the pro- off That's injured a reserve. That's a choice. And he, I saw on Twitter today, he claims he can be a number one wide receiver in the league, which is laughable in my opinion. It's about the third or fourth time he has claimed that, yeah. and it's about the yeah. Rasheed Rice last chance he has. Yeah. Rasheed Rice is clearly the number one. You obviously have Travis Kelsey, who kind of seemed like he was playing rope dope all regular season, not doing much, and then – what yeah. nine catches in the first half last week yeah. or two weeks ago? Yeah. Like, he's back. He he turns it on when it matters. Yeah, I don't, I don't think like I think like he's turned into more like a Gronk. Um, do what you need to do in the regular season. Don't yeah. go over the top. Yeah, and don't then get when injured. You get to the playoffs. That's when you show up. Yeah. It's true. He's been there before. They know what it takes to win. But credit the the, the Chiefs defense. Obviously, this is the year that they needed to make a big step up yeah. with the drop off in wide receivers. So. They've uh, they've stepped up big, especially in that AFC playoff championship game. So and guys like Trent McDuffie, who've no one really heard of before this season, is like a stud. Like, Let's not give Isaiah Pacheco like his yeah. flowers. Yeah, he's he's giving his flowers. Man. He's gonna have to have I, I a massive if game. If the Chiefs are gonna win, they're gonna have to run. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pacheco's gonna have to run angry per usual. <laughs> yeah, it's the 49ers have given up over 100 rushing yards as a team in five of the last six games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like their run Wait, defense over 100 rushing yards. Their run wow. defense That's has not, not been great. It was not great against Detroit. Let's like let's be honest. Um, obviously they flipped the script in the second half, but that first half they literally got the ball run down their throats. It was not a a pretty sight. Um, so. It will be interesting to see if the 49ers with two weeks to prepare can somehow tighten up that run defense and make it work. Lions had 182 rushing yards in the last wow. game. Yeah, yeah right. like it's that's something it's noteworthy. Not, and they could have won that game too. Yeah, they probably should have won. Should have won that game. Kick a field goal. Yeah, but they have a yeah, kind of a, a, a that's two. That's another discussion. They have a two-headed wagon back there with uh, Jameer Gibbs and Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Um. The Chiefs don't really have that. Yeah, they just have Pacheco. Yeah. Oh, uh, actually, um, the, the pass, the pass yeah. catching one. Um, Jarek McKinnon. Jared McKinnon. Yeah. yeah, McKinnon. He was big in the Super yeah. Bowl he last year. He just got activated as well. I could see him just randomly getting three touchdown, three touchdowns. Screen passes game. all yeah. day. Yeah. yeah. So that might be a good, a good anytime parlay. So if actually. the 49ers win, though, uh, what's the biggest takeaway from the game? It, McCaffrey. 
Yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna have a game. He's gonna have a game. Obviously, this will be his first Super Bowl. Yeah, he's gonna have to have a day. Who's gonna get more rushing yards, McCaffrey or Pacheco? I think Pacheco. I think Pacheco as well, because obviously really? McCaffrey, you have the pass threat, right? So yeah, I think that's I gonna factor in so a lot more. So all-purpose yards, maybe McCaffrey, yeah, but yeah, rushing, yeah. Sure. But like, correct. Okay. Okay. So does Brock Purdy get credit, or does he get nothing? It's a. It, this is gonna it's be the game. Be nothing. If he if he throws for four touchdowns, no interceptions, you know. 250 plus yards it's going to be Brock Purdy's day and I feel like anything below that people are still going to credit like you're saying Eric it's going to be a big conversation of is this actually his victories is Kyle Shanahan's is this bringing in McCaffrey you know in the past like that's going to kind of be the big narrative unless he he wows yeah another another guy I'm really interested to see in this game is George Kittle because he was really he he wasn't very much of a factor in their last game um and the Chiefs don't do a great job of of Guarding tight ends, um, so he, he's a better comparison, I think, to Gronk. Justin is Kittle. He he'll, yeah, he'll he's like probably blocking. the best run blocking tight yeah, end. Yeah, he's a league. great run blocker. I, I for just three meant quarters. for in terms of I didn't mean like you know comparing Gronk to Kelsey. I yeah, meant yeah, like yeah. in terms of production, they right. they seem like in the last like last couple of years of Gronk, it was more so to take care of the body, do what you have to do in the regular season get to the playoffs, and then be a main target for Tom. Shanahan will scheme Kittle to strictly pass protect for three quarters and then just hit him hard in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Like it's, it's pretty insane how, how he's used Kittle. Um, and then so you'll see a lot of I, Brandon Ayuk. You'll see a lot of Debo Samuel in the first three quarters and obviously CMC. I think Ayuk is going to have to have a pretty big day in the uh, aerial attack. Yeah, for sure. Ayuk uh, was great in the divisional round. He was great in the... Uh, NFC Championship, like Ayuk's gonna be Ayuk. They have weapons all over the. Debo's offense. gotta stay healthy. Debo's yeah. Debo stay goes healthy. down at all. The Chiefs steamroll. They might, um, but at the same time, they have so many weapons on that team. They'll yeah, like worry. I feel like you can feed McCaffrey until the other guys start waking up for the, no, for like, the time being. It, it's it's very hard to see up way that they don't have a weapon on the field the Chiefs offense I don't think is it's definitely not one-dimensional but when you like are comparing it to the 49ers it feels one-dimensional that first half against the Ravens it was pretty one-dimensional yeah it was only Kelsey yeah you're gonna need a guy like Valdez Scantling to randomly get involved yeah three or four he'll get that like 60 yard catch that's all you need every once in a while maybe two touchdowns maybe he's the MVP if we're really thinking about it it's gonna have to be those weird games if the Chiefs are gonna want to claw claw ahead of that team yeah, I mean, if the Chiefs win, it's gonna be Mahomes MVP. Let's not like that's obvious. Yeah, yeah, it's a little less obvious for the Niners, but it, at the end of the day, it's typically always a QB award. Julian Edelman won it that one year. Yeah, that was, um, that was, that was a tough one. Same. Yeah, CMC, game. Brock Purdy, Debo. I think I'd still go Brock Purdy for the Super Bowl MVP <laughs> if the Niners win. See, I'm I'm going. I might be going back on my original question of is this Patrick Mahomes' best win because I'm thinking about most last impressive year. most impressive yeah like hardest because last year with the ankle and mm-hmm. going up against the Eagles mm-hmm. that whole thing oh that was a great win for him great win for sure I that that is if if it's not this game then it, I feel like it must be that one and what what were the different receivers in last year's roster who um they didn't have Juju, right? They did. They did, they did okay. have they Juju. Did. So that's last probably the, oh, McCall Harbin. No, he's back. Cool. So Harbin was with the Jets, I think. And then he re-signed, then they 
They got him now. Yeah, so, yeah. To, so, wrap, to wrap this uh, part up, I just want to know what your guys' picks are for this weekend. And Final who's score? your MVP? Yeah. I'm going to go 24-21 Chiefs. Okay, yeah. Who's your MVP? <laughs> My MVP, I'm going... Patrick Joe Tooney. <laughs> I uh I don't have much different, Eric. Oh. I was gonna say twenty uh Chiefs twenty seven, forty ers twenty one, and I mean that's the case, Mahomes. Wow. MVP. Okay, I can see how this is gonna go. So twenty nineteen, twenty twenty Super Bowl, it was forty one thirty three for the Chiefs. I think it's gonna be an, a low scoring game. I think it's gonna be like a seventeen thirteen Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes says the wow. MVP. Okay. It, I I like it. I just don't see the Niners not scoring more than two touchdowns. The Niners' uh, motto is "We're gonna beat you in a shootout," basically. Yeah, um, but, but the Chiefs' you- defense is great. So I might be the only one at the table saying this, but I I feel like there's more fans out there that would be totally on my side. Uh, the Forty Niners are gonna win this game. Um, and I feel like they're going to win by two touchdowns, 31-17 to 17, uh, over the Kansas City Chiefs. And I feel like Christian McCaffrey is going to have 200 uh, all-purpose yards and win MVP of the Super Bowl. Two-plus touchdowns? Two-plus touchdowns. Okay, interesting. Yeah, 100%. He's he's getting fed the ball. There's no way Steve Stagmoyle Steve lets that happen. Mola, but. Yeah. All right, um... Did you guys want to talk about the World Cup schedule breakdown? Yeah. Uh, so Vancouver and Toronto are going to get 13 games, 10 group stage games, five each. And then Vancouver is going to get two knockout uh, round games, one in the round of 32 and one in the round of 16, while Toronto's only going to get one in the round of 32. I uh, First thought, uh, and then I want to break down into just a little bit more about uh, the final actually being at MetLife Stadium because I think that's kind of interesting. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, ACLs uh, have been known. I know they're switching it to grass because that's a FIFA mandatory thing, but ACLs have been known to go there uh, and injuries in general. My biggest uh, thing with this schedule, and not only just like the schedule, but the World Cup in general is we're really going to play a World Cup game at the Toronto FC Stadium. Um, I just think, why aren't we building a new stadium like every other? Where? I know, yeah, I know the city. I know the city doesn't really have a spot for it in downtown. It would be. It would most likely be in Downsview area because there's a lot more space in that area. Yeah, um, and if, if that was the option, I know I'm new here, but it just seems like. Every other World Cup you're seeing and Olympics, like you're seeing these big stadiums built. Is BMO not considered a big field? It's 30,000. It has 30,000. The typical size of a World Cup stadium is around 60. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's why they're only getting, what, two games? Well, and that's the thing, Juddy. They're getting five. Well, technically, they're getting six games. Who do you think is realistically playing in Toronto, team-wise? Do you really think we're getting the big names? The Estonias of the world? And they probably factor in that we have 30,000 capacity. Yeah, it has to be because I just... It's great for Toronto to get this. I'm just surprised that there wasn't uh, funding for new stadiums. I think the biggest thing, too, and I'm sure North America is different than some of the other countries, and I can't 
preface any specifics, but you have these countries that build these massive stadiums and then they and never they, they get don't used. Use, yeah, exactly. I'm that sure was... in North America there's a way to do it, especially in Toronto. Yeah. I'm sure you're going to have some type of team that'll utilize that at some capacity. But if you build a hundred thousand seat stadium, yeah. what are you going to use it for exactly. after the fact? You might as well use what you have to kind of bolster and, and attract as best as possible. And we're good at kind of creating. You could see the All Star Weekend. There was so much involved. It's a completely different sport, mm-hmm. completely different culture in a sense, but. You create that fandom outside of just the stadium. So I think that Toronto has that advantage with a lot of options. Yep. And I think Vancouver obviously got two knockout games because of the bigger stadium, the nicer stadium, indoors, et cetera. Like 54,000 is that capacity. At a BC place. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's kind of obvious why Toronto didn't get, if anyone's asking why, uh, I guess center of canada didn't get a second game or the biggest city in canada didn't get a second game it's kind of obvious why they didn't get a second game don't have the seating yeah it's why why would you play around a 16 game in a stadium with thirty three thousand? and that's that's the last game bc place is hosting right yeah yeah around a 16 they don't have quarters they don't yeah they they don't have anything past that but the one stadium that does is MetLife. MetLife Stadium. Mm-hmm. MetLife has the World Cup final, and I think it's July twelfth or something like that. I can't remember the exact date. July nineteenth. July nineteenth, twenty twenty six. What do we think about it being played at MetLife? No, no thoughts. No Lots thoughts. Of, I read a Chris I, Long tweet rickets. earlier today. Let's bring the most expensive ACLs on the planet to MetLife. Brilliant. Now, obviously, they're they are doing natural grass. That's confirmed. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a FIFA mandatory thing. They have to switch it to natural grass. Paid for yep. by FIFA. I don't know because I bet I bet you the MetLife guys aren't going <laughs> to want to pay for that. Really think? Yeah, yeah. But like, realistically, is it a worry that like that you would still have with that? grass being put on top of the turf it, that's that's not how they do it is i thought they have to dig the whole i don't know and, i really don't know how yeah. the artificial grass or, or the actual natural grass goes in um but i do know that it is going in there i just i don't think it's a worry um it is just the stadium that causes the most injuries all right and that was turf talk with, with, uh, <laughs> good work with just, the boys here. Just turf talk. All right. Um, speaking of alliterations, uh, oh, this isn't even an alliteration, so that doesn't work. I love it. It kind of sounds though. like it. Uh, student mm-hmm. units. Yeah. Hey. It, it kind of. First, um, first of a couple segments we're going to be trying on this show. Um, yeah. Um, this, this, let's. Yeah. But, sorry. There's <laughs> not much to bet on this week, though, is no, there? No, no, no. But, it, you know, this is uh, <laughs> Mr. Kerbal's. Uh, it's my baby. bag. It's your baby. I can't think of anything that uh, we could bet on this week. It's... I'm probably the biggest degenerate of the group here. Um, student <laughs> units was a name I thought of because my unit pricing has gone down since being a student again. Um, and for anyone wondering, units does mean dollars. Yes. I don't know why he says it's, units, but it's that's gambling the way lingo, he, bro. Yeah. he it's goes. It's gambling lingo. You, you wouldn't understand, I guess, clearly. Yeah, obviously. Um, so bets for what? 
Oh no, we already did Super Bowl. I guess we did predictions. We, we did predictions. Give do yeah, you have a prop? Do you have anything? Yeah, that's gonna like be to what the in. people want to hear. What's your bet for this week there, Jackson? Okay. <laughs> um, by well. the way, I, I would you can't really say I don't gamble because I literally have laid the most money in this you, room. You didn't down. know you didn't mean bro. Come on. It doesn't matter. I laid a thousand dollars down. So let's say your ten ten dollars is your unit. That would be a hundred units. Oh, wait, ten dollars <laughs> is your unit price. That would be a hundred units against Whitney. Yep. Yeah. I just just make sure we're on the same page. Uh Super Bowl. I like the Chiefs money line. I got them at plus one fourteen. It's down to plus one oh five now. Still still a good number on that, I think. Any plus number with Patrick Mahomes and you can't go wrong. Yeah. Um I like McCaffrey and Kelsey both to find the end zone. Parlayed those together. That's plus one sixty. Uh I have a couple more little silly props, but I'll let Eric Eric say his first. Yeah, my one big bet, um, I think it's probably the the main prop that I'm gonna stick with. Uh even though it's a Super Bowl, I I do splurge, but um <laughs> the the prop I'm going for is Patrick Mahomes under two hundred and sixty two and a half passing yards. Really? Um, the under? That yeah. would that would why, be sharp. That would why, be sharp. Is, why are you taking the under on that? Uh so the odds right now are even at uh one ten. So it's been under in the last two playoff games. He had 241 versus Baltimore and 215 versus Buffalo. Um, he's only had over 260 passing yards um, in that kid rate. Oh, no, oh, yeah, sorry. Nine of the last 20 games um, or nine of 20 games this season. Really? Um, That's interesting. It's interesting to go that not against your your prediction, but you had Mahomes as the MVP this year, but you have him under. Yeah, what's up with that, yards. brother? So he's just it is, hedging. It's, it's hedging. Award. It's hedging. It's a QB award. You can throw one touchdown and still get it. Let's oh, yeah. Look. <laughs> it's runs, in the script. If he runs for 100 yards, that's, I think it's another that's a good two point. Yeah. yeah. The 49ers haven't given up um, over 260 passing yards um, since Jalen Hurts and Marcus Mariota combined for hey. 287. <laughs> that's a name. Um, that was a long time ago. On December 3rd. And so... Just over three quarters of the uh, the bets on Mahomes' yardage prop is on the over. Sounds um, about right. I don't really, I don't really like to follow the public too heavily here when it comes to props. Ooh. Um, and we already talked about it. The Chiefs is like their path to winning is with the run game. Yep. Um, so I think they're gonna utilize Pacheco and McKinnon pretty heavily in this game. Um, yeah. Anybody else got any bets? I I mean I don't really have voice. some, but I, I like um I'm well Jackson you, you said, guys, you, you but said you I want to know these prop bets that am, Jackson has. I'll be on the coin toss for sure. Oh, you're gonna be on what? What do you got? The coin toss, the Gatorade, and the and some usher. national anthem, uh, anthem, and some usher ones too. Of course. So halftime, uh, first song, last song. Yeah. Um. And what's the uh favorite for the first song right now? Um. One second. I'm not mistaken. It's yeah. It's got to be yeah. It's oh, it's oh, it's, it's oh my god. Yeah, I think it must have oh changed. It must have yeah, changed recently. Yeah, then. yeah. As number two, I I liked yeah originally. I'm changing to oh my god. It, it's an opener. <laughs> Plus one fifty. Kind of love it actually now. Um, I got DJ Goddess Fallen in Love as the last song. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Plus four ninety. That's actually a good show. Right? I don't hate that. Right. Usher kind of has some sneaky bangers. Oh, he yes. It's not even a question. So seven of the last ten have been tails. Uh, past 10 Super Bowl, seven of them have been tails. 
I'm going tails again. For the coin I love toss. that yeah. stat too. I love toss. the stat that they really have the seven of the last ten. Like yeah, it, uh, yeah, yeah. Like it so you're going tails again. I'm going tails. That's plus. It's even money plus a hundred. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's just a fun little sweat before the first snap of the game is played. Even if you fun lose, it's like sweat. Yeah, you get the adrenaline going, the yeah, blood flowing. You know? That's why I like the national anthem too. What do you got, Eric, for the national anthem? Oh, not. I don't have anything for the anthem. I was just gonna say I saw one that um, I'm definitely gonna bet right now. Christian McCaffrey, 35-plus uh, rushing yards in each half. Oh, that seems – rushing or just rushing? Rushing yards. Yeah, that still seems pretty free. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, and it's minus 110, even. even live more. bet. Is that uh, – On the podcast. Li- yeah, the live, pod. live bet what, what, what are you pod. working with, FanDuel? Or? Uh, we FanDuel, aren't even yeah. one weekend, and this man – Already Jackson's already taken over, and uh, Eric's following suit here. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's the big game. It's you only get these once a year, boys. Yeah, like come on, Eric. Any money you make on that specific bet has to go into the podcast. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, the, this is student units. I might as we might as well uh, start crowdfunding for your guys' rent. Um, Gatorade color. <laughs> I think Jackson needs it the most. All right, relax. <laughs> is it too obvious for Gatorade color? <laughs> what do you have? I have. This is probably too obvious. Red. Both both teams colors are red. Yeah. Um. Normally they go off the board. Like I think last year was like purple. Or yeah. Something. Don't they? I, it was purple. I think last year, everyone? at least two years it's ago. Been, past like five years, it's been the color you don't think it is. Um. Low key, l- no Gatorade bath is plus sixteen hundred. I'm going with that. I might, I'm I, going with that. That's I might, a hot one. I might have to go with that. Yeah. All right now I have red plus three fifty. I might just hedge that and go no Gatorade as well. Um. Tails, like I said. Oh, under national anthem. 90 and a half seconds. I thought I was thinking. How many of, seconds? Na- 90 and a half seconds. Nine, a so minute. a minute and a half. Yeah. Were you not saying recently or, or pa- the past two have been over? Uh, I think yeah. you said something along those lines. And Reba is the one performing this? She is. Reba McIntyre. But La- last year was crazy. Chris Stapleton, right? Yeah. And I mean, I was already going to bit the over, <laughs> but somebody had sat outside the stadium and recorded rehearsals oh my god Um, insider information and i i've found it on twitter which yeah that's pretty crazy Uh, i would i would imagine that people are going to be doing stuff similar to that um this year but that pretty much wraps up everything i think we wanted to talk about today right anybody want to throw anything i think so yeah i think so all right well thank you very much on behalf of uh, alex jackson and justin i am eric crookshank Signing off. Um, Healthy scratches. Episode Episode one. one. Episode one.